Hello and welcome to another episode of Yo Did You See That Podcast, the show where we discuss weird, strange, and funny stories from around the world. I'm your host, Enan Webb, and I appreciate you for joining me today. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please like, rate, and review us on all major platforms where you get your podcasts. So joining me on today's show, I have Alex Whiteley. He's a podcaster from UK, across the pond. I'm super excited about that. So once again, we have some interesting stories to tell you today, including a woman that had to be detained at 37,000 feet on a plane because she was trying to open the door. And she bit somebody, so there's a lot going on. Authorities say a Houston woman who derails an Ohio-bound flight to Arkansas this weekend was trying to open the emergency exit mid-flight. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. We're going to hit that music. My man from across the pond, Alex Whiteley. We actually just uh, connected on online. Uh, um, I'd say what three or four weeks ago, and and I just had a couple of questions for you. You've been running a podcast for a long time. You also do radio. And you've been helping me out a lot, so I thought I'd invite you uh, onto my podcast because uh, yeah. I think you're a pretty funny guy and uh, pretty smart guy, obviously too. So so appreciate you joining Hi. me. It's nice. Uh, smart's probably a smidgen too far. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I know, but yeah, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And yeah, I've been doing this for quite a long time now, uh, probably since 27, beginning 2017, which like, you know, you, you speak about the podcast era, that sort of began 2007, 2009. So still late to the game, but enough time now to be, um, have quite a bit of experience in the game. Yeah. Nice. And like I said, you actually are on the radio as well. Talk a little bit about Yeah. That. Yeah. So um, doing the podcast for so long led to different things and, um, I've stopped doing it now because I'm moving on to a different thing, which is... Uh, yeah, so tell us about you know, this different thing. So well, for 18 months, I run uh, a, a radio show called Naughty Talk. It was on Splash Damage Radio. And Love it was, the name, uh, first of all. Yeah, it's great. For Naughty's music, <laughs> it's great. So I misspelled the word naughty, as in to incorporate the number, which is quite clever. We're also really bad for uh, <laughs> for search engines and stuff. But uh, <laughs> it, it was more just to have a play around. And and to sort of get a feel for for radio and things, and uh, I was lucky enough that my the gaffer at the or the boss, sorry, at Splash Damage was like, you can keep the swears in the radio and in the music. We like to hear music as it's meant to be heard, so that I got away with that a little bit. But it gave me a bit of um, bit of practice doing live radio, and um, I adored that show an awful lot. But um, I come across another opportunity to do a genuine Monday, uh, the week long, every day morning show. For a local radio station here, which I can't mention too much about, but yeah, there's some exciting things coming soon. Nice. And then you you run a, a couple of podcasts, and you actually mm -hmm. got something coming up that's pretty exciting. It sounds like. Yeah. So I've over the years I've run various different podcasts from various different networks. Uh, I started off with a show called Thor's Kin Podcast. It's a cheeky little podcast for for geeks and nerds to talk about video games and tv and stuff and it turned into a very sweary very a uh, show that we didn't care what we kind of said really and it didn't match up with my other podcast i was doing at the time which i still am doing is the shrewsbury biscuit podcast which is a family friendly uh, love letter from my hometown shrewsbury which is in shropshire in the uk this is the birthplace of charles darwin it's a sophisticated podcast and it, we speak to local entrepreneurs artists um musicians we go to festivals cover events we're pretty much wherever there's something happening the shoes of biscuit is there with a camera or a microphone and um with thorskin getting a bit rude i was kind of like now nah, we need to do something different so we decided to create a podcast network called you suck uh us uk and it's a uh, basically my co-host was in vermont uh, we had various other team members in la um and across the uk as well and and in florida as well so we created a team of people that we could talk about topics that uh, may bring audiences together from either side of the ocean uh, but we started that during the pandemic and um <laughs> like everyone else started a podcast in the pandemic and it kind of just it got it got saturated by a lot of podcasts and things that didn't really work out so yeah we hit the nail on the head with that one um at the end uh this year actually killed it this year but um nice still doing the biscuit still doing the radio good nice and definitely check out the biscuits uh the food yeah. the artistry the people that you have on 
it's just yeah. amazing stories that you present too so it's, a, it's an amazing podcast thank you i appreciate it and you know i do miss speaking to people from around the, the world i was we were i was talking today on the podcast about um about situations where i would normally panic anybody would probably normally panic uh with with, with you suck uh we spoke to carol baskin um and we nice. interviewed her and we made the, the 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 decision not to bring up tiger king we wanted to talk about conservation she actually brought it up herself and it's one of the best interviews ever we also interviewed brian graden uh if you google the name you know it's uh, he's a very big name he literally ran mtv for 13 years he's a wow. co-creator of south park and he's worth about 98 million dollars you know there was a lot of pressure riding on that one um so we've, we've interviewed some amazing people from around the world and i wanted to carry that on so i've done a spin-off show which will run on the same channel as as the shoes of biscuit but we called it biscuit international where we can share stories with our friends from around the world yeah nice and that sounds like a, an exciting new project too i'll definitely be checking that out yeah, it's wonderful. It really is. Because I was, I was, um, somebody um, mentioned Nashville yesterday, um, actually, because that's where you're from. What was his name? I should remember. I was supposed to Larry Carlson, and he's uh, he works in Alzheimer's and dementia, and he he's working with people um, in your neck of the woods. They were architects, massive architect com- uh, company, one of the biggest in the world, apparently. Or in the bit. Okay. Yeah. So what he wants to do is he wants to create a village for people with Alzheimer's and dementia where they can have like little short shops or stores they can go to a place where they can go to sit and listen oh, okay. to records and stuff like that. rather than taking someone with alzheimer's and pushing them in a quiet area of a nursing home he wants to create an actual functioning village and um there's the architects that are in nashville i think that are going to build that for him yeah that sounds mm. amazing what did they yeah. did they have like a time frame on when that was going to be um, available or when they were looking at stuff? the architects have drawn it up and I think either can give me a time, although it's uh, it's it's going ahead. It's good. It's, it's gone for this planning phases now. It's just they just got to start building it. But this is just, it's just one example of the amazing conversations I've had just this week. So you know, it's it's just one yeah. of those things. Awesome. I love conversation. Yeah, that's amazing. That that also has made. And you said he's around my neck of woods. I'm obviously in Nashville too. So that'd be cool to see yeah. something like that. I, I think I'm, I don't think I've ever heard of anything like that. So that'd be cool. No, yeah. So he he was actually from New Jersey. It was the architects that are going to be building it, uh, that are in um, Nashville. Nashville. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, but uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, like this is something that could change change the world and the way we look at. Absolutely. Care. I mean, we definitely need more elderly care for sure. I'm I'm having oh. a beer if you don't mind. It's nine o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it there across the pond? It's ten past nine in the evening. So I'm having a beer. It's beer time. It's beer time for sure. Absolutely. So mm. before we get into the show, me and Alex, we actually recorded a show last week. What was it? Last Friday, last Saturday. It was a great show. Same time, same time last week. Uh, great show, me? great stories that we recorded. Uh some really good insight. And me, I forgot to record. I did not hit the record button. So it was a wasted episode, wasted time, wasted his time, wasted my time. It was time. practice. Okay, that's a dining. It's practice. We 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 got to know each other. We talked, and what we can tell you is, it was a fantastic show. But you just have to take our word for it. That's all. <laughs> you just have to take our word for it. But hopefully, this one is uh, fantastic as well. So let's get into it. All right. So our first story of the day is uh, rocket breaks. So the world they they are creating the world's first space travel agency. Um, and they want to launch it, obviously, in the UK and provide trips to outer space. Companies called Rocket Breaks, uh, the travel company that wants to start sending people within a few hundred kilometers to the moon surface, 10 day trips to the International Space System. Mm. They also want to orbit space vacations. So they want to send travelers around space to enjoy meet and greets with, with the astronauts, including three course space meals. Now I've seen I've seen like documentaries on space and I've seen some of these space meals. They don't seem like they're that tasty. There are a few things that are absolutely existentially wrong with this story. For starters, uh, this is a company set in Lancashire and they talk like that, you know, from near, near Manchester, you know, they're really laid back people. Like, so I'll tell you what, what we're going to do is we're going to go to space. You know, I just can't imagine that coming from there, you know? Right. <laughs> Sitting around during lockdown, it was like, you know what? What if we did some space travel for everybody? I can do it. I own jets. I own helicopters. Why not? Regular Joe's to space. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, They're also looking space. to 
They're also looking to find funding. They're hoping to be able to offer zero G flights, Boeing 727s, which will fly at about 24,000 feet and allow people to experience weightlessness. Now, that actually sounds pretty cool. Don't know that I would do it. It sounds cool. I mean, I think we've all thought about that at some point, haven't we? I wonder, you know, we've all seen those shots of them eating, um, or drinking stuff that's floating in the air and the, the pen spinning around. You know, you think, oh, man, that would be so cool. But I guarantee you, you do it for an hour and you get so annoyed. you would be like, oh, my God, I just, you drop something and it floats to the other side of your bedroom and you got to go swim to get it. <laughs> he said a couple of celebrities reached out to him, but mostly it's been just regular people wanting to experience something new. Is this something that you would waste money on? Something that you would do? Um, probably not. No, but as a, as an exercise, wh- what celebrities could you see doing this? When you automatically think Kanye celeb- West, Kanye, yeah, <laughs> Kanye West. But I just want to open the window, man. I want to open the window. No, Kanye, I, you can't do that. <laughs> personally, I think it's a huge waste of money. I mean, but if you got it, I mean, he own, he owns several like he owns several private jets, private helicopter companies, so he has the money. Personally, I think he could be doing something better with it. I don't, I mean, I don't really know. I don't think anybody I know personally that wants to go to space. It just seems like a lot of, a lot of effort, right? They do all that uh, spinny training stuff. They they break you and then they make you do complex puzzles whilst you're running out of oxygen and all those kind of things. And you're thinking, I'd rather just go to Tenerife and sit on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, do people really want to go out to space that bad? And no according to him, the, the flights are not even going to be long. It's like two minutes. So you're <laughs> probably spending, what, I don't know what a space trip costs, 50 grand for a ticket on the spacecraft for two minutes? More than that, I imagine. I'd, I'll tell you people who I'd like to see go. Someone like Brian Cox, Professor Brian Cox. You know, he's he's such a guy, a cool guy um, that I think would be like, probably get a lot out of that, you know, because he, he's very good at articulating science in such a simple and brilliant way. I mean, maybe you send somebody like him out there. Here's another question for you. Do you think humans eventually will live on the moon? I read an article the other day just about right now they're investigating the moon to see if there's some water, some type of polar ice caps there that can sustain life. Then they're going to start mm. building space stations that can house people. I I feel like, you know, you feel like the, the, the Eden Project type thing, you know, big glass dome with trees living underneath it and soil and, and water and things. I feel like that could possibly work. That could because... But the problem is, is can you, so is it safe to do something like that? But like, I feel like if you're going to do that and you do say, oh no, move to the moon. I, I, I've had enough of you guys and going to move to the moon. I feel like it would just so be so hard to live. I mean, supply and demand rules. Like it would just be so extortionate to survive, wouldn't it? It definitely would. I think every time I think about that, I think about the movie Total Recall with with, uh, <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger with the eyes popping out. I mean, they did have women with three boobs there. So, I mean, if you enjoy that, I think about the guy with the belly with the baby in his belly. Yeah. So every time I think about living in space, I think about Total Recall. That's the first thing. So I think I'm we're closer to it. that than we are to living on the moon, for sure. The three boobs and the guy with the belly. <laughs> <in> the <moon. laughs> I think we're definitely closer to three boobs and a guy living in the belly than we are living in the moon, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's a nice I, idea, though. Nice idea. I think it's, I, I mean, those are only ideas that you can have when you have that type of money. Doesn't Elon want to send like a family or like a group of people to Mars? Like, not on a one-way trip, but I think are they trying to select a team? I think so. He's gonna have to hurry up because I'm pretty sure the Russians gonna be doing that too. And oh, Jeff boy. Bezos is right behind them. Jeff Bezos is such a copycat. Anything that somebody else with money does, he wants to do. Um, okay, so it says here, uh, what's, what's this? So the the NASA have picked a crew to simulate a trip to Mars. Properly. Is that what Elon did? Um, I think this is just uh, so a new crew is gearing up to participate in NASA's next simulated mission to Mars. Crew members will soon enter the Human Exploration Research Analog or HERA as NASA's space uh, Johnson Space Center in at uh, NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. Once inside HERA, they will have to they will live and work like astronauts for 45 days while traveling to the Martian moon Phobos. The new crew includes Roberto Carlino, Brad Hensley, Russ Quebec, Jennifer um, Milzarski. So they're going to be on. So basically, they're going to live out in the desert for forty-five days, I imagine, in a in a pressurized or simulated pressurized container and see how they. And then yeah. they're going to try to live on the moon. Yeah, Mars. I think this one is. Mar- is this to, what? You, to Mars's this is moon. The, and this is the team that uh, Elon is putting together. No, this is just NASA. I think. I know NASA works with Elon Musk, but I think NASA. So we are, like, so we are getting closer to live in outer space, is what you're telling me. 
Yeah, I think there's been lots of research and planning being put in place. And I think that's why Elon's trying to get those rockets to land. If he can get a rocket to land properly over and over and over and over again without failure, then yes, I think we're going space like tomorrow because I feel like that's what they're trying to do is to make it so that... Okay, so you imagine you get 18, I don't know, 50 or so people on the moon and you can send rockets back into sustainably right. to give them all the people, the manpower and the resources they need in a constant train of of, of just resources. You can build that up quite quickly, couldn't you? It's got to, those landings have got to be perfect. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of people smarter than me, and a lot of money, which they definitely have, a lot of money. Yeah. Are you ready to live on the moon or Mars? I don't think I'd like that, no. I'd like all the rich snobs to go over to Mars, the moon and the Mars. You guys, you guys crack on. We'll we'll stay here. We'll um... we'll stay here. I prefer being here for right now until I until I see like a living life form there for I don't know five ten years whatever it is I think I'm good here I think I, I'll, think, I think I'll chill here I think um I I absolutely do think that um cruelty will will rise amongst the rich if they ever do end up on another planet or Mars or Moon or whatever they like bring me the whole of Mount Rushmore why what was because that I want movie? It. What what was I can't think of that movie where it was the end of the world or something and they built like these huge I was just watching this like two months ago and they built like these huge arcs and then you had to get a ticket to get on and only the most rich most powerful people got tickets it was like six arcs they built when the end of the world was I think it'd be like that wasn't it I think that's it I think we're closer to that I'm pretty sure that if we were to live on mars or the moon and they were and we were forced to to leave i think it'd probably be most rich and most powerful people i mean you're gonna have lebron on there now we're gonna have athletes entertainers politicians that's who's gonna be on those shit and i thought it was an interesting story i i thought it was a waste of a huge waste of money i still think it's a waste of money i don't think that anybody's wanting i don't think about it never my day my days talking to my friends or we just sitting around i'm like man i wish i could go to space I know it's uh, it's quite sensitive for you guys in the in the US because it's that's your government that's your money that's your taxes that's going on that isn't it you know yeah to a degree and uh, I feel but I feel like um, how can you, <laughs> space and exploration is one of the most important things that we can be doing right now if we can find a way to bring in resources to stop a fucking up our own planet I feel like yeah. that, that that is a really important thing to look for and also you know I feel like there are definitely things out there we need to see. Like we need to see if there's other things going on with planets and stuff. You know, there's um, what's that uh, moon? Um, is I Io Io? No, there's a there's a there's a moon outside Jupiter, and they're like, yeah, it's it's performing in ways we've never seen anything in the solar system perform, and it's just covered in ice, and they don't know what's underneath it. Could you imagine <laughs> if you went to Jupiter, found that moon, and you were like, we can breathe? You know, you know, we got right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Space uh, exploration is important. Uh, as far as me personally, wanting them like spending money to go to the moon for two minutes is what I mean. But like as yeah. far as space exploration, I think it is. Yeah, I think you're right. The the universe is far too big, far too big. There's far too much, uh, so much, too much chance. I mean, uh, again, back to Brian Cox. If you've never seen any of his documentaries, please watch him. He's just so brilliant at articulate. He explained the inner workings of the universe with a stick and a bucket in the desert. Like that's that's how brilliant he is. Anyway, um, I think wow. he was saying saying like the conditions for Earth are that fine. There's nothing more accurate than the way uh, conditions are for life on Earth. Like if it was just a smidgen, like a degree, a little bit more hot, or if we're a little bit closer to the sun, or if we, you know, the, if there were certain things, or if we didn't even have the moon, or if there's certain things, if there was a couple of those things that were literally out of line, we wouldn't exist. So that's exactly. how fine it is, yeah. It's... Well, they say like you know, if the Earth were to turn would turn too fast or turn too slow, or the Moon would you know would be in one just one eighth of an inch this way, or the Sun was two eighth of an inch closer, or something like literally could end our world that quickly. Like it's like you said, I've heard that before for sure. Where like literally one small thing could throw our whole climate system off. I mean, what happens if the turtle rolls over? As a Terry Pratchett joke there. What does happen if a turtle rolls, rolls over? Okay, I think we'll end it on that because I don't know what happens when a turtle rolls over. I hope somebody helped the turtle up, i tell you that. Well, Terry Pratchett's dead now, so we can't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next story. It is rather bizarre. It is about a man who was fired from his job 
for being boring. How boring does one have to be to get there? A few years ago, he was working as a senior advisor in a consultancy firm. He was sacked on the grounds of professional inadequacy. And he was boring. After being fired, he sued his former employer. In his lawsuit, he had refused to partake in what the company considered fun. End of the week parties, excessive drinking, even sharing the bed with colleagues. So this was a pretty funny story because I feel like this, this could have been me. <laughs> this definitely uh. could have been me. So a, a French court ruled that a man was wrongly, wrongly fired for not participating in the company's fun activities that he said often included heavy partying and bullying. So the employee will only call him Mr. T, which is an amazing name, by the way. If anybody knows who Mr. T is, you should. Uh, it's an amazing name. Was fired <laughs> by Cubic Partners in 2015 for being boring. They fired him for being boring, a poor listener, and not fun to work with. So Mr. T, who was a uh, senior advisor uh, and a four-year employee for the company, they said he skipped seminars and weekend events, which typically involved excessive drinking, promiscuity, and bullying. So what do you think about this so far before we go further into Mr. T? First of all, they're cruel for, for naming him Mr. T because <laughs> he was the best character of the A-team. The only thing I he had with was like, I ain't getting no plane fool. Like, that was it. Anybody like, that, that was. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> he sounded just like him. And anybody that knew Mr. T, he was definitely not one that was not fun. He was like one of the more exciting guys on there. So that's funny that they named him Mr. T. Did you, get, did you guys have him doing Snickers adverts in America? Like we had him over here. He had Snickers commercials over in the UK. I can't remember what he did here. We know him for the 18. We also know him from Rocky. He was the first person to tell Rocky that uh, he was going to beat him. And what's crazy about that is that when that movie came out, he was the first person that Rocky had to fight. And they had a, like, they had a bet. Like you could have bet real money. Like who's going to win Mr. T or Rocky. And people wow. were actually betting like <laughs> on a the movie. They were actually no. betting like real money. Mr. They did T that with um, Rocky. What else? They did that with uh, the Simpsons. Who shot Mr. Burns? I'm pretty sure they did. I remember, remember that, that season. Who shot? Yeah. That was like a that was like a two week long mystery. Yeah, and they were, I'm pretty sure they had sort of stuff bets going on then. Who shot Mr. And Burns? And he ended up being uh, the baby. Maggie <laughs> <laughs> ended up being the baby, which nobody saw coming. Um, but so, this story, I, I I I I raise my glass to this man, Mr. T. <laughs> I adore you, friend. Thank I you love so Mr. T. Number one is, before I go further into the story again, they fired him for being a poor listener and being boring, skipping seminars and weekend events that led to excessive drinking and promiscuity and bullying. So it sounds like a frat house, number one. That's what uh, it sounds like. It sounds like a college frat house. Not that I think anybody from my job is going to, to, to listen to this podcast <laughs> i don't listen to anything i do but um, i gotta be i gotta air with caution here I and mean, what i say but all i'm saying is are you in danger of being mr no fun at work this year yes i kind of okay so the issue i had was they set up a work do recently on the same day as the england versus usa game that's, and uh, that's poor planning and i was kind of like what do, what do i rather do go out drinking with my my work colleagues I'll watch football with uh, my actual friends, like, you know, <laughs> and that means I mean, no way do I, do I mean any disrespect to my colleagues. Oh, I, I get it. All, I think we all get I've that. Been right? I've yeah. been there. I've been there. And to me, yeah. I've been in that situation just for simply working in the office. I work from home now, but I've worked in the office for several years before this. And, you know, I was accused of being Mr. No Fun because I didn't always go out with the weekend, you know, when they go out somewhere after work. But to yeah. me, in my mind, I was already spending 40, 45, 50 hours, whatever, a week with you, with, you know, my, with my work people versus my actual friends and family outside. So, I mean, I'm already yeah. seeing you so much. So yeah. why do I want to go out? And then what do people do when they go out and hang out with people they work with? They talk about work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. hangs out with work colleagues and talk about anything. They, they talk about work. So I'm spending 45, 50 hours with you, you know, and, you know, I just want to go home. and rest. I don't want to talk about work anymore. I see you. I think about work. <laughs> I feel like that's normal, though. And I feel like this guy is like he's a he's a trendsetter, a good trendsetter. That's well, we what Mr. Even T know, stands for. But we <laughs> don't. It's subjective, right? We don't know what his life is like. I mean, if they have you know excessive drinking, promiscuity, bullying in in the you know the seminars and stuff like that, he might be married. He might have kids. He don't got time for that. You know what I mean? So sure, it goes on good. to say that 
Mr. T would go on to argue that the culture was both humiliating and not fun. He says they engaged in mock sexual acts. I mean, what what is a mock sexual? I mean, I, uh, I mean, I could, I could probably add a bit of insight into this. Like us in the UK, <laughs> right? Uh, say I have, I see someone. Not everybody, if it's from that particular circle of friends, but say I have, I've seen someone I've seen for ages. One of my first inclinations was probably to be shout, "All right, slag!" Probably go up and bear yeah. hug him, maybe give him a big solid kiss on the cheek, maybe try and dry hump his leg. I don't know. That's just kind of like gr- guy sort of like camaraderie. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've done that. Now that would be a mock uh, sexual act. A while, a while ago, my friend Liam Tinsley, one of the best chefs in in Shropshire, by the way, amazing guy. He works for Beefy Boys, which were voted the best burger in the UK in the world, I think, actually. Beefy Boys. Beefy Boys, best burger in the world at one point. And he was working there, and he invited me to to do some PR stuff for the biscuit. Um, and so I turned up, and he's the chef there. And he made this meal. Um, he came up from the kitchen. It was just to see how the food was. We just finished. And I was like, oh, it was fucking amazing, mate. And I jumped up, gave him a cuddle, and then I licked to the side of his face as a joke. <laughs> but he just come from a very hot kitchen, and he was really greasy and sweaty. And I regretted it instantly. But that's the kind of thing that I would do to my friend. That, you know, was... that's, that's, that's how you guys get down. Especially in France? I mean, come on. <laughs> They're all touchy-feely <laughs> over there. That's what, the, that's what they do in France. <laughs> so also, another thing that Mr. T said, not only was it not fun, did they have mock sexual acts, but they also were expected to share beds with coworkers. Now that's where I draw the line. That's just ridiculous. You're telling me that not only am I going to this this event that I don't want to go because I'm and this is a, and it's on a weekend. You tell me I have to work on the weekend and then I have to share beds with my coworkers. So not only are you telling me that you're cheap as well because you can't get my own room. I'm not with that at all. I'm with Mr. T. So I can't even cute. work out what this what this company does. I'm reading the website right now. Um, They're they, some like a consulting firm. Yeah, like a management consultant. But apparently, it. they work on the weekend, do mock sexual acts, and yeah. uh, sleep in the same bed. So I'm not sure what what I would allow them to consult on. I think they they would just. I think they were a bit arrogant in how they dismissed him. If I'm honest, like you you can't fire someone for being boring. I mean, before this has even happened, in, their, this conversation, in their mind, right in their mind. Yeah. So, but, so Cubic, which is the company's name, terminated Mr. T for sitting on the sidelines for social events and for his rigid attitude towards his coworkers. They also said that he used demotivating tones to his subordinates. So he was a senior uh, advisor, and obviously he had people working on him. So he used demotivative tones to his subordinates and refused to listen to, to colleagues' viewpoints. So basically, they were like, "We want you to sleep in the same bed as." john or sally he's like no i don't want to do that we're gonna let you go in the end after cubic said that he just wasn't involved in the fun culture he was a poor listener and very boring this was a seven-year trial actually which is crazy Mm -hmm. to me that it took seven years for them to figure this out so the court ruled that mr t was entitled to both his attitude and to miss social events because they can't make you go to any social events that's ridiculous they can't make you do anything beyond what you're your contract that you that you signed. So the court says that Mr. T was entitled to freedom of expression under the labor laws and was not obligated to participate in any social activities and re- was rewarded 2,745 pounds, which approximately edges out to $3,085. No, really? That's actually, I, thought, I, I thought we were like level pegging at the moment. I thought we were, we've been that bad that we've caught up with you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a little bit behind it's not that far. It took him seven yeah. years to figure out that they owed him three thousand dollars for this. Is that it? Is that all? He's, it's probably costing more than that in legal fees. Seven seven years to tell me that you fired me because I was boring. I, I I again I applaud the guy's pettiness. He's kind of like, nah. <laughs> if, even if it's a dollar, I'm gonna. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm gonna let... I don't think he's petty at all. I I definitely would have did it. I de- I damn sure would have did it, and I would I would have fought it till I was till it was ten fifteen years. You fired mm. me. I mean the guy's. I mean it's 2015, so he's probably got a new job and everything. He won three grand, which is great. But that was ridiculous. I think the company should be fined or, you know, canceled or whatever they're doing nowadays out here. I mean, this is ridiculous. Fun activities? I think it's just another case. I mean, say seven years ago, things have changed in the last seven years. I think there's been a lot of, uh, you know, talk, mentioned cancelling. There's a lot of people cancelled for their toxic masculinity. And I feel like that's that's something that's been kind of weaned, but they're trying to wean it out of society a bit at the moment. 
but I think the the hardest spots to get are potentially the workplace and within sports fan groups. I think sports is way far behind when it comes to misogyny and toxic masculinity. But the workplace, I can see that being a huge problem because everyone's got a job mostly, haven't they? How do you, how do you police that? Well, like I said, this was like this was near and dear to my heart because I've been accused of being of being in this guy's shoes, and you just don't. I mean, I don't got to hang out with you guys all day, every day. I see you every day of my life for 45, 50, 60 hours a week, whatever it is, whatever people are working today. And if I want a couple of days by myself or whatever, my family, I don't want to hang out with you and talk about work, especially if you're making me sleep in the same bed and you're doing some sex acts. And now some people might be into that. Yeah. <laughs> some people might be into that. I'm not there's, into uh, that. There's places, there's like uh, resorts you can go to for that though, you know? We all watched, etc. <laughs> we all know where those places existed, you know. Exactly. I signed on to do work. I did not sign on to have you rub my ass or sleep in the bed with John or Tim or anything like that. All right. So obviously they were they were they were fined for wrongly firing this guy for being too boring. Is good for him. Good on him. Three grand. They should have gave you twenty grand. You should have got more than that. Yeah. Yeah. They should have. You should have made them hire you back. I I feel like I feel like. Um... I feel like the, the, I don't think the money's going to be the the sore point here. The sore point is, is these guys were arrogant enough to fire, literally fire someone for being boring. I can just imagine a guy go, "Now, nah, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give him his P45, which is what we get when we get fired up here. I'm going to give you your P45, and I'm going to tell you it's because you're boring, right? I'm going to tell him to his face, and that's what he's done, right? And everybody's laughed and they've jeered and they've and that's what's happened and it's come back and blown up in their face and now we're on their website looking at them from around the world thinking that they're a bunch of muppets so i think uh, <laughs> a bit of poetic justice really i agree yeah. i think you hit it on i think you said it for arrogance for yeah. you to fire somebody who's been working at this company for four years a senior advisor for being boring for not wanting to, to go to your sex parties or hang out and drink excessively like the arrogance that's what would make me mm. mad i, I would have told the judge give me more money and i would <laughs> <laughs> i would have told you judge, give me more money Four grand. i would have been upset yeah, four grand is it? <laughs> i'm like for all the pain and suffering i've caused yeah i want a year's salary at least the arrogance of this company it makes me want to get a job just so i can do exactly like and just be boring just walk around is it enough i think it is it's got to be it's got to be just enough to be able to go and do your job Go in, do your job, go home. You don't have to put on a show for people. You don't. Like, if you're good at your job. Um, but, I mean, there is one issue with this that I would look at. And, you know, to be the cynic and to, to, to try and pick a hole if out of this, if I could. If these guys are consultants in training and actually inspiring people by teaching them, if this guy did have an issue where he wasn't up to the power, he's kind of just like... Uh, Hey guys, and um, <laughs> welcome to today's class. We're going to learn about, uh, <laughs> you know, if he's going to do one of them, then it may be. No, they want you to be like, yeah, yeah, let's get excited. Let's go. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm oh, not um, going to do any mock sexual acts with you guys tonight. Sorry. Today, gonna guys, go we're going to be learning about Excel. Woo! <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's when you retrain someone. You don't fire them. You re retrain them and give them the training they, they need. Good on you, Mister T. You got three okay. grand out of it. it. Took you seven years of your life to get it. I hope you've moved on. But the arrogance of this company. I'm gonna do everything in my power to spread this the word on this company. The, the most ironic and best thing he could do is if they said, uh, "So, Mister T, what are you gonna do with this money?" But like, I'm going to Iron Apple. I'm gonna get absolutely smashed. Dance with a load of girls. <laughs> I'm taking all three grand of this money. I'm getting as much as I can. And then I'm going to sleep in beds with people I don't even know. Good on you. That's hilarious. All right. Move on to our final story of the day. Mid-flight. So court documents revealed that the woman said Jesus told her to do it. Cell phone video from a passenger on board captures the moment's law enforcement escorted 34-year-old Elam Agbeninu off the plane after an emergency landing in Little Rock, Arkansas, Saturday. A 
flight was heading from Houston to Columbus, Ohio, when court documents say the woman tried to open the emergency exit at 37,000 feet in the air and allegedly said Jesus told her to do it. Well, she was kind of frantic. I had to calm her down. Suzanne Hicks was surprised to see a FaceTime from her daughter just 30 minutes after her flight took off. She was even more shocked to hear the chaos and panic in the background. The lady was screaming at the top of her lungs and then she started screaming and singing gospel songs. And then she proceeded to say over and over again, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. When flight attendants and fellow passengers intervened to restrain Elam, documents say the woman bit someone in the thigh. That person later treated with antibiotics and hepatitis shots. Records say Elam eventually admitted to authorities she flew without telling her husband. In my view, this is a mental health issue and, and not an intoxication issue that many people were talking about. But she clearly was having a, a, a mental health issue at the time. In the United States, we're free. And, and because of that, you can have mental health issues and, and travel as you wish. We don't have to notify anybody. Pretty crazy. I was actually just reading up on this before we got together. I was watching the uh, video. It's pretty crazy. A flight that left Houston had to make an er uh, emergency stop in Little Rock, Arkansas. A woman tried to open the plane door of, uh, of a plane midair at 37,000 feet, and she also bit a passenger. So this happened on Southwest Airlines. It's a terrible airlines, by the way. I never ride Southwest Airlines. It's always Delta and American Airlines. I know that they're the ones that Kevin Smith sued, right? Because they, 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 they refused. Didn't they kick him off a plane because he won't buy two tickets because he was too fat? Kevin Smith, the, the comedy yeah. writer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, was, I think um, you're right. I think you're right. They had him buy two tickets or something like with Southwest. You don't like you don't get seats. You just got to buy your ticket and you just got to get on. You just get on like you get rows, which is what I hate. Like I need my number. I need my seat. I need to know that I have a seat. I just it's ridiculous. So he didn't buy two seats. He's not even that big. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, he was just not um, even that big. It was a big thing at the time. I think they they just targeted him. But I, I've heard enough of uh, his ranting, not rantings, but he's like, you know kevin smith doing kevin smith stuff but he was kind of like right. saying they're no, notoriously a bad a, a bad provider of air services <laughs> <laughs> but uh so basically this happened uh on southwest airlines flight and was headed to columbus ohio based off court documents they state that the 34 year old elam agbenigno i don't know what the name is i think that's her name elam agbenigno went to the back of the plane mid-flight and stared at the exit door like literally just stared at the exit door that's a that's a key right there that's a what i call a clue to let <laughs> you know something's quite something's up something's not right so when the flight attendant told the woman yeah. you need to sit down go to the bathroom or take a seat right there and wait or wait for a time for the bathroom she asked to look out the window and the flight attendant said no uh, at that point miss elam forced her way to the door and began to pull the handle on the exit door trying to open the door at that point, a passenger saw what was happening in the back, heard the commotion, and went to the back of the plane to help detain the woman. And at that time, Miss Elam actually bit the thigh of this passenger, of said passenger, while she was trying to open the door. The passenger was able to work his hand all the way around her jawline in an attempt to lift her mouth off of his thigh. And eventually she did. And then she started beating her head against the floor, the way, which is what the way you do. The way he said all the way around the jaw, I thought she was going, he was going for some Steven Seagal's neck slapping. He, he had to reach his hand all around her jawline <laughs> just to get her to stop and release his thigh. She started beating her head against the floor, which you would do. Witnesses said that the passenger started singing gospel songs and all while beating her head against the floor. After she was doing that, they were finally able to control the woman as she began hitting her head even more against the floor of the airplane. She would later go on to tell the cops that. Jesus told her to fly to Ohio and Jesus told her to open the door to the plane. So Jesus told her uh, a lot, but the plane wasn't even going to Ohio. They were going to Maryland. How, how far is it between Arkansas and Maryland? Probably is it like a, two and a half. Well, to Arkansas and Maryland, probably two and a half, probably two and a half hours. They were going to Maryland. I don't know why they would go to Ohio, but the flight was going to, they were heading to Maryland, but, Jesus told her to see. I don't even know if they even got to Ohio. She would. He just told her to, to jump out. I um. I watched this video popped up on my Facebook feed, and um, I, I, as a guy who's worked with, I have worked around mental health for a long time. 
I would definitely say she was in crisis. Um, she was having a, a mental health episode, uh, which doesn't, you know, if someone's going to open up a plane or a door, then it, she needs to be detained, just like anybody uh, else would right. be. Um, I've heard people say that she's possibly taking spice or some other drug. Um, but I think if I, I, I don't know enough about spice or them, them kind of drugs to know if if she's been on a two and a half hour flight or even if she's been fixated on such a long time, I'd probably rule out drugs because of the long, long longevity of, of this. If you sat there staring at the door from the beginning of the flight, then right. I don't I don't think the drug effects would last that long. So I'd go for the, the latter. I'd say that uh, the, the, the beginning, you know, it's, it's the mental health episode this is. Well, um, she went on to say, which was interesting, she said that she went on to say that she doesn't normally act like that. Like she was clear of mind and clear of head when she talked to the cops. She said she doesn't normally act like that. She just got really anxious and something just happened to her. She started talking to Jesus. She didn't tell her husband she was leaving. She was going to see some pastor and didn't even tell her husband that she was leaving the house, which is, again, also odd. The whole situation, obviously, is odd. Anytime that, you know, you're 37,000 miles in the air, you're staring at doors. You know, I would think that I think you kind of said hit it on the head, like with the mental kind of mental breakdown, maybe. And then yeah. to come down and be right. Like, oh man, what was I doing? I don't normally act like this. Yeah, I feel like in the video, she's vicious, absolutely vicious. She's snarling at them, and she's her eyes are all over the place, and she's waving her arms around, and she is not in control. Absolutely, and you can see, not it in in the, and even the cops got her in the cuffs, and her and the, she's moving her head around back and forth, and she's like slinging her body. She was definitely singing like gospel songs and like saying Jesus loves me absolute crazy scene. I would, I would have been terrified on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you if you have serious mental health issues and you have a do you end up in crisis and you, you end up in that situation and the church is all you've known and all you have those songs ingrained into you all your life because you are a, genuinely a religious person, then that's probably going to be the first thing you're going to go to, isn't it? I guess if you're into your your violence and your your movies and what have you, you might start being acting violent and spouting off hip-hop lyrics or if you are you know there's, there's going to be that one thing you're going to go to isn't there so she's singing gospel songs and she's she's uh, talking about god and stuff because that's probably what she her background many posts um uh, about you know people that film these things i remember one while ago there's a woman at a bus stop in the in the uk and she's just screaming at people and she's like punching the glass or the perspex in the in the and she's going absolutely mental at people and the bus stops and she's shouting at the bus driver and I remember seeing the comments on, on Facebook and people just absolutely just rinsing her, taking the absolute piss like and I was just like you can't where's your compassion you you can't do that you know but um I feel like this kind of video is something that everybody needs to see. It's funny you say that because I totally totally agree and I've experienced something like this like on on uh, we have MTA buses here which is like our transit system for the city. And I've experienced this exact same type of outcome on the bus, which was what's terrifying. I mean, to see it in real life, it was terrifying. So to see it like 37,000 feet in the air mm. will be on a whole nother different level. So that like that brings a question like, do we do we check for that type of stuff going on an airplane? Because that could happen to anybody. Like you could be it riding could... next to someone that has, you know, some mental deficiencies that, that could happen uh, like 37,000 feet in the air. On the bus, mm. probably could stop the bus. Well, pull over. you know, there are there are situations in life where you you can't see this coming. Like, you can check as much as you like, but epilepsy can cause things like this. There are there are types yep. of seizures that people have in epilepsy where they don't know what they're doing, they don't know who they are, and they'll act in different ways. Um, I worked with um, Shropshire Epilepsy Support, and um, we I learned so much by speaking to to them about. Um, the different types of seizures that people can have and they can wake up and they're like, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> like, right, you know? exactly. Um, but I mean, I feel like what you need to do is you need to offer the right training and the right staff. I think that the, the, the people on the plane acted the right way. When a police officer arrests someone or detains someone, it's not necessarily because they've done a crime. It's to protect themselves and others. So you can be arrested for having a mental health episode and they can do a section on it, what's called a section, and then they will... Uh, take you to a mental health hospital whether you want to or not uh, and that's well, to stop you from hurting yourself well you got to be know? careful right because i mean this gentleman or i actually don't know if it's a gentleman could it be a woman as well could this person who helped out they were hurt yeah. in the incident right they yeah. got bit if you see someone being attacked or whatever or you know see someone in danger 
are you going to jump in? Would you help? And and your first reaction is, yeah, absolutely, I'll help. But then you've also seen people get hurt for doing so. Mm-hmm. I mean, so- and fatally get hurt and doing all not, what they didn't even have to be there, right? So it's kind of yeah. like, and then you have the Good Samaritan law, uh, you know, all type of things right now. So um, it's a situation, isn't it, when uh, when when a guy goes jumping into a river to try and save his dog and he, he ends up drowning and the dog survives, you know, it's kind of like, what do I do in this situation? I, I want to save my dog or in this situation, I want to make sure this one, nobody gets hurt in, in this thing. But the difference with this and say something happening at a bus stop or in the streets is you are in a pressurized container right. traveling at hundreds of miles an hour in the sky. At this point, it becomes carnal. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to get some control. Otherwise and you, you make it, you make it hurt like this person. They got bit, you know. And then now you have to. You don't know what type of you know their medical history or background. So you now you have to mm. get yourself checked. People are biting. You know you don't know what she has. You gotta you gotta get all that stuff checked. It's a very scary situation. I'm I'm gonna tell you. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. If I'd have saw her trying to open the door, I definitely would have got up and helped. Yeah. No, I know myself one hundred percent. I would have got up and helped and done that to play devil's advocate. I'm not gonna say that I would do it every single time because I. Probably a month ago, me and my wife were driving uh, in Sacramento, California. We were driving terrible traffic. This guy had wrecked his car and it was on fire. He wasn't on. He wasn't in the car. He was actually probably a few steps away, like blood pouring down his face. Like he was screaming, like, call 911, call 911. And nobody was stopping, including us. I'm not going to act like we were better people because we didn't stop. But we definitely called 911. Obviously, somebody had already called and already said, yeah, yeah, we have somebody on the way. But it wasn't like we were stopping to help the guy. You know what I mean? And so it's different. It's different situations. You react in different way. If I'm yeah. in a, like you said, you're in a pressurized plane, I'm probably getting up and I'll help you because I know if that door opens, then we're all going down. We're all dead, no matter what. Yeah, of course. I mean, I saw a kid get, I was outside the, the a shop um, and I saw a kid get jumped by like four or five other teenagers. It's one of those situations a kid stepped outside the shop and got, got bam, side swiped to the side of the face and they all just jumped on it and he ran off. And in that situation, I'm stood right next to this thing and I'm thinking, at the moment, I, I really wanted to help. I really genuinely, I felt sorry for this kid, but I'm reading story after story after story of of, of people. Knife crime in the UK is terrible, right? right. And it's all cases like this where some guy's gone hey stop it kids and they turn around and they just knife him to death like and it sounds daft but i just thought this this kid's run away he's fine i'm sure he's fine but i, I really want to help but i thought i just i don't i just don't want to be stopped to death you know, <laughs> you know right I mean? and i and i get it and, it and it sucks that you have to think like that but it, i mean it's like you help i think you got to take every situation case by case like mm. we didn't get out of the car and help the guy with the burning car you know, he had blood in his face. It didn't seem like seem like he was in immediate danger. He was out of the car, but the car was, you know, burning. Nobody stopped. We didn't stop. We called, you know, but on the plane, you know, I would have got up. I know I would have got up. Like, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's any question in my mind. I'm not going to try to like act like I'm a big hero, but I definitely would have gotten, gotten up for, for the selfish reason, right? Because I don't want to die. Yeah, and you, you do see right. so many people in this video get up. They do. It's like five or six people get up and they're like, no, 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 we need to help out here. And they do detain her. They do a good job, actually. Um, in the end, right, and I think know, the scariest she... part to me is that when when they got on the ground, you know, she was coherent, not crazy. I mean, speaking normal, like I just got anxious and just yeah. blacked out and started talking to Jesus. Well, um, when you go into when you go into a situation like that, you're in a, a absolute panic, fear for your life type panic. And what do you do when you when you're in situations like that? A lot of people make themselves as big and as scary and, and as energetic as possible. Uh, as they can, you know. So <laughs> right. that, that's what that's what that was. It was complete survival in her eyes. It was complete survival. She didn't know where she was. That's what I'm guessing, anyway. From what I look at, if that is a, a mental health episode, she didn't know where she was. Didn't know who these people are, and she's fighting for her life. Um. So that's that's kind of and that's kind of like I'm, what she said. She was like, I just got anxious. Got she didn't know where she was. She knew she had to get out of that plane at the moment. Is what she said. Open the door. Crazy to me. Don't open the door, I mean, man. Ter- terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Whatever, whatever, what happens when you open that door is far worse than what happens when you're in the other side of it. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll drop the mic on that. So appreciate you joining on the re-show. Again, this is our second show. The first show I decided not to record it, even though it was a great show. This is a great yeah. show as well. So appreciate you taking the time to join me again. 
this time I mm. did record it. We're going to get this one posted because <laughs> we messed well, up. Well, you did say time. you were going to invite me back on the show, and you did. So you can't I did. <laughs> so you can't say I'm not a man of my word. Absolutely. So anything that you, you got coming up, I know you've got the new podcast coming. Um, any yeah. other? Well, I am looking to get on other podcasts as, as guests. So it's, this is just practice. I'm not doing the radio at the moment, waiting to start my new stuff. So uh, all this stuff, all the podcast stuff, is all about learning to improvise and being able to talk yep. freely. So the more you do it, the better you get at it. So, And I like exactly. making new friends around the world. Uh, but uh, for you listeners in America, I mean, the Shrewsbury Biscuit, as Ainem pointed out last week, he did, I promise you, he did. <laughs> is that um, <laughs> even even though my show is in, in the UK, and it is very local based, it's a bit like an audio magazine or newspaper, you know. Um, there's a lot on there that you might be able to take away from. And especially now that we are doing Biscuit International. So... Yep, we're the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast is the name of my podcast. You can find it on Facebook, on Instagram, we're on Twitter too. Um, YouTube, we do vlogs every now and again. Not every podcast ends up on YouTube because um, if it's if I'm taking my mixer to a uh, to a place where I haven't got cameras, I don't necessarily put them on there. But we're definitely on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. Check it out, the Shrewsbury District Podcast. I promise you, you'll definitely enjoy it. Even if you're not in Shrewsbury, I'm planning on taking a trip to Shrewsbury at some point. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And you know what? Uh, with this, uh, this, this, we're doing six episode run of Biscuit International. If it works out, we'll get you on top of AI and stuff. You, you know, I am ready for that. That is that is what I do. AI yeah. in my life at the moment. Artificial intelligence for people that don't know AI. I'm not talking about the basketball player. I'm not talking <laughs> about Allen Iverson. <laughs> so yeah definitely and yeah I'd love to have you back on this show again eventually and then uh, just holler at me when you let me know on the uh, Shrewsbury Biscuit International it sounds like it's uh, going to be a great podcast wonderful thank you that will do it for today's show folks I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did in making it I want to say thank you to my guest Alex Whiteley for coming through definitely go check out his podcast the Shrewsbury Biscuit and the Shrewsbury Biscuit International and last but not least I want to say thank you for joining us today I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did if you enjoyed today's show please like rate and review us on Apple and Spotify or anywhere that you get your podcast subscribers will get exclusive content including being a guest on future shows and remember if you you didn't see it, then I did. We out. What the hell did Russell uh, Simmons used to say at the end of Def Jam? Thank God for coming. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>